Here are matches for the greatest. Okay, all right, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Podcast. I'm here today with Dave Callens. How's it going? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Very excited to do this episode with you right now. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to um, introduce you to the guest a little bit. Um, I've noticed that you've been doing this thing on Facebook recently. Uh, that's very similar to kind of like what we do on this podcast. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit what that's all about? Ooh, have I stolen your bit? No, I'm just saying this is this is why I think <laughs> you're such a good guest for the podcast. Um, I'll give you the long version. When when the quarantine started, uh, my buddy Bo started a Facebook group called the Quarantine Network, hmm. and his idea was just have programming, live programming, all day, every day. So he got friends who would do like a cooking show, a, a knitting show, a how to make drinks, all kinds of stuff. So he hit me up to see if I want to talk about movies. Mm, Actually, nice. he hit me up to see if I wanted to do anything at all. And I was like, yeah, I can talk about movies. And so it started with that. So now five nights a week, Monday through Friday, I do a live stream. Uh, earlier in the day, I put out a topic. And I try to break it down as much as I can. Like all of April was comedies. So I break down like high school comedies, house party comedies, workplace comedies, uh, adventure comedies. And so I give my six picks for that category. Yeah. And people would comment. Then during the live stream, we would all just watch, and I would talk about everything. Very cool. Do you? Uh, <laughs> is it difficult trying to figure out all the different topics that you're going to talk about? Now it is because I <laughs> I have gone through what I feel like is everything. Yeah. Like I did, like I said, comedies took a month, which was great. But yeah. then I did sci-fi in like a week. I got through all of sci-fi. Then I had like two or three days of rom-coms. Um, I've done action. And I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't have a topic for today. I got to figure something out because I don't know what I'm doing today. You still haven't figured that one out? No. That's so funny. Well, this was not one of the questions that I had asked you previously, but this is going to be a bonus question for you and a little bit of a surprise question. What would you say Ooh. is the greatest episode that you've done so far of the list? Oh, man. Comedies was a lot of fun, but I think the greatest... We, I did a, I did a one-off night where instead of just talking about genres of movies, I, I did a, what's your favorite movie soundtrack? Oh, and very nice. I got so many comments on that and like everybody was into it and it was a huge episode. So yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. That was cool because of the listener feedback. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I'm excited to get into this one. I don't think you've, ta have you tackled much horror for your list yet? We did horror. Yeah. Okay. We did horror we did about a week and a half on horror yes okay well well let's let's take a look at this first question because the 80s was a big uh, big time for slasher movies especially and there's some heavy hitters for yeah. the horror genre in that decade um so i'm going to ask you dave callens what is the greatest horror movie of the 1980s man it's so hard to single it down to one <laughs> greatest movie because uh, there's so many good ones yeah. i I'll, I'll tell you the answer in a moment, but I want to give honorable mention to okay. a couple other ones. I absolutely loved American Werewolf in London. Okay. Fantastic movie. John Landis. Have you seen that one? I have seen the werewolf transformation scene. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Uh, I also really liked Prince of Darkness. That was a little bit um, lesser known. It's more of a niche movie, but it was really mm -hmm. a really dark, good horror movie. But I think 
if I had to pick one absolute favorite from the 80s, I have to go John Carpenter's The Thing. Ooh, very nice. Okay. I know I know, 80s was big for slashers, yeah. but The Thing was just such a fantastic movie. It was so good. What do you think that makes that one the greatest of the 80s? The cast was amazing. You got Kurt Russell. You got Wilford Brimley, who just recently passed away, RIP. Uh, it, and it's it's got a couple different elements that make it cool. It's got the... Um, trapped in a house element where like there's no escape you're it's just the group of people and the monster and they're getting picked up one by one so they're they're stuck there they can't get out they can't communicate with anybody and it's also got the element of a little bit of sci-fi like the monster itself it can shapeshift it can change it can split off into different creatures so they never know who it is yeah so okay all those different things yeah yeah it was a it was a solid decade for sure i have a couple of uh of honorary mentions on the list over here as well um, you know, some of the big ones I think that are very famous uh, that come from that decade would be something like Child's Play. I think Chucky's very well known as a horror icon. Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, the Evil Dead series, Shining. Yeah, I, I saw there was a couple of lists that had the thing as either with our first or second place for greatest horror movie of the 80s. The Shining obviously was an amazing movie. Um, but I think for this one, I'm going to have to go uh, for the greatest horror movie of the 1980s. I'm going to have to go Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, okay. That's <laughs> see, I can respect that decision because you you mentioned a lot of slashers. You mentioned Chucky. Uh, you picked Freddy, and for all the slashers, like Jason, I would say if you're gonna break it down, Michael Myers probably launched the genre, right? And then Jason really made it famous. Mm-hmm. He's like the godfather of the genre, but Freddy added a whole new wrinkle to it. Like, again, with the whole dream thing and a little bit of sci-fi involved, it was just, it was a really, at the time, super fresh take yeah. on the slasher genre. So, yeah, that's a good choice. I would, I, I respect that as a choice. I think the other thing that's interesting about it, though, is, like, you know, if you have, like, the iconic faces of horror, you have somebody like uh, Michael, who had a great, I think, I, his he's had some solid movies. The first and second Halloween were good. I haven't seen the remake yet, but I've heard pretty good right. things about that one as well. Friday the 13th, most of those are pretty bad. <laughs> as famous as Jason is as like a horror icon, most of the Friday the 13th movies are not very good or scary. And I think Friday the 13th is right. like really fucking scary. And, he, uh, you know, uh, Freddy Krueger is iconic. He's got a great look. He's got a great weapon of death. He's got a really cool way of killing people. So I, I think that, 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 that he was also he there. was the first one that had like a personality. That too. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of like even like uh, when they rebooted the horror the slasher genre with scream even that was just kind of like a faceless killer yeah yeah so yeah freddie really upped the ante with the slasher genre that was good stuff yeah and also johnny depp first yeah was his first movie right (laughs) i think so yeah (laughs) yeah that was a good not too many other yeah like uh, the, the thing had like a great cast you know, not too many people stuck around from the Nightmare on Elm Street cast, but you know, that that the thing is yeah. definitely iconic for sure. I think The Shining is probably a good runner up for for any of these picks as well. Yeah, The Shining is a good pick. All right. Well, um I, I like your I like your pick too. It's kind of hard to argue against that one. I was looking th- when I was doing my research pretty high up on the list for the most most of the list that I saw had the thing on there for top five at least. So it's a pretty solid pick. Yeah, that's a um, classic. 
Uh, all right. So for the next one that we're going to do, um, this one is going to be uh, Greatest Marvel Superhero. And I would like to just point out, okay. we're not talking for anybody that's listening. This does not have to be specifically MCU or anything like that, just Marvel in general. So, Dave Callens, what do you think is the greatest <laughs> Marvel superhero? Uh, I grew up on Marvel comics, specifically Marvel. I was never a DC guy. Yeah. Um, so I grew up on Marvel. And the thing is, there was a time, so back, let's see, when I was buying comic books a lot, it was like late 80s. And... There was a comic shop and you would have a, a pull box where you'd tell them what titles you want and they would set them aside. You go in every month and buy your titles and comics cost 65 cents a comic back then. Yeah. And at the time I bought every comic Marvel published. I spent $40 a month on comic books. Holy shit. <laughs> and I read all of them. I bought every single title they put out for years. And I was always, I was always a lot more into like the C list and D list characters. Okay. Like, I really liked Moon Knight. Moon Knight was one of my favorites. He was dope. He was kind of like a Marvel knockoff of Batman a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like Deathlock. I love Beta Ray Bill. Some of the C and D list guys I liked back then have now become like a lot more popular. Than like Daredevil and Iron Fist have both gotten a big push. Yeah, big through time. movies and TV. Um, but back then, even I think I was always big on X Men. That was my biggest one, and I loved Wolverine. Now, this was before anybody, like, <laughs> they weren't popular yet, so yeah. he wasn't, like, the cool guy back then. But I was like, ah, Wolverine, he's dope. So he was my favorite. But I think if I'm going to, man, I don't know. I Because there's so many ways you can categorize me. You can categorize right. as, like, the toughest one or mm -hmm. just the best overall hero. Like, Captain America would probably be the best overall hero. Toughest, I'd probably go Silver Surfer or maybe Sentry. Um. But man, the best, I'm going to stick with Wolverine because at the time, nobody was doing that. Like, he was a little more violent than the other characters. He was a little. Was more he pre Punisher? He was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I actually looked this up a few years ago because um, you know, Wolverine led to Deadpool, led to a lot of other mutants with healing abilities. Mm. And, but back then, when they made Wolverine, that was just a made up thing. Like they, Oh, he can heal. Like no one else could do that. And I looked up on Wikipedia a few years ago. There's like dozens, if not over a hundred superheroes that have healing ability as one of their powers. Hmm. But he was like Wolverine. Like he, they created that when they made up Wolverine. Like that's, that's an original power for him. Now everyone else is taking it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially during the time that he yeah, came he's, out, he's he was favorite. like, not the boy scout kind of, superhero he was like kind of begrudgingly in the x-men didn't like anybody just yeah. like this like dirty yeah, exactly. dirty hairy dude that just like yeah. smoked and yeah very much not super like super anti-social yeah. loner didn't want to be involved yeah it was he was dope i also did you read uh were you big into marvel comics or no um i never like read like entire series like what what would happen is just like i like the like i grew up on the X-Men cartoon and the Spider-Man cartoon. Okay. Like the animated series. And so when my family would take me to like the swap meet or something, I'd just grab comic books, just like just random issues. So I never like read like stories like from beginning to end. I just grabbed issues that right. looked interesting to me. And so that's the way that I read comic books. But like most of the that's stuff that I did. That's a fun way to do it too though. You just yeah. grab random stuff and then you see cool stuff that you might not have seen otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of felt like, yeah, it, yeah when... 
it was similar to like when you when a like a movie comes out that's based off a book series so then you read the the co- the bo- the next book to find out what's going to happen i would like read the comic <laughs> right. books and then i'd be like oh i saw this person like when a new character would get introduced into the tv shows or something i'd be like oh i saw right. this in a comic book cuz they that's where like a lot of the side characters that you would normally not see in the main series that's where they would come out yeah but nice. yeah that uh i love the x men so much um that was like the main things that i would buy i didn't like the, their cartoon as much but I thought they their comic books were so cool, and I liked all the, the the different powers. Having so many different powers, I thought was really great. But I think for greatest Marvel superhero, I just gotta go with Spider Man. I love him too much. Yeah, he's the marquee <laughs> Marvel guy. He's the one. If you're gonna pick one, if you're not picking him, you're picking Iron Man. Like those are the two top Marvel guys. Yeah, and but I I think Iron Man became so popular because of the movies. But Marvel like uh, yeah. Spider-Man, he's got some of the best villains, the best known villains at least. Like, you know, people love Venom. Yeah. You know, Doc Ock is super iconic. He's got all the different animals. All the video yeah. games, like a bunch of the video games have been really good. That new PS4 game is like super awesome. He's got like one of the most known love interests. Like, I don't think that many other people would know Pepper Potts if it wasn't for the movies, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, he's got... But see, that's... that's uh. That's why I liked Marvel better than DC is because mm-hmm. the characters are so much more thought out and in-depth. Like, if you look at Marvel, Spider-Man, what's his weakness? His guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, he let his uncle die because he shirked his responsibility. So now he's driven by that guilt. Yeah. You look at um, Daredevil. He's physically blind. Like, mm-hmm. he has an actual handicap. You go over to DC, you look at, like, what's Superman's weakness? Oh, this mysterious green mineral from another planet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. What's Green Lantern's weakness? The color yellow, because yeah. <laughs> he's green, so he can't deal with yellow. Like it's just so dumb and childish when you compare it to Marvel stuff. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I, I have a lot of DC friends, so I know they would probably be like, "Oh, well, there's all this other stuff too." But I haven't seen it. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's that <laughs> as important to the story. Like one of the main things, like like we were talking about Spider Man that I it kind of disappoints me that this wasn't included in the homecoming and the far from home but with great power comes great responsibility I don't know any DC superhero that has like that kind of like ideology behind why they do what they do like Batman his parents died so now he wants to you know solve crime but like it doesn't have that same ideology that something like Spider-Man has right absolutely 100% agree (laughs) now also, with uh, you said you like the X Men a lot. I'm just curious, which X Men? Who's your favorite X Men? <sighs> That's a tough one. I like Iceman's powers the best. I think his. Really? Uh, cool, I got. I think he's okay. got cool powers, like like from the movies and stuff like that, and playing like some of the video games. Like I just like always liked playing as Iceman. Like even like Marvel vs. Capcom. I really like Iceman. I, I don't think he's as good of a of a superhero, but. Um, <laughs> I I think oh, that's a tough one. I I uh, growing up I liked Beast a lot. Beast was cool. So I think Blue it, Beast or Human Beast. Blue Beast, yeah, Blue Beast for sure. Okay. <laughs> he's got a little bit more. Yeah, I, uh, yeah oh, he's yeah, not he's, the he's toughest evolved, guy, but I like that he was a smart guy. Like I always like the smart hero on the team. Right. Like you know, like there was always the, like in the team there was. 
like in the Power Rangers, they had the blue one was the smart one. That was like always my favorite one. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. I like Beast fun. for that reason. I thought Wolverine, I always thought Wolverine was kind of overrated. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. It's uh, But that, that was the era that I was most familiar with the X-Men because before Wolverine, of course, there was Iceman and Marvel Girl. Right, they had the Beast, OG. And yeah. then there was the next generation. Mm-hmm. The next generation was like more in my wheelhouse and i love wolverine i also love colossus i thought he was great right and nightcrawler was a big favorite of mine i love nightcrawler i like nightcrawler a lot too my that's my brother's favorite and gambit from that group was my favorite as well from see like gambit i he by the time he came around i'd kind of stopped reading comics so i was not super familiar with him oh i thought he was i thought he didn't he join with the like wolverine and those other guys no he, he came, came in later. later okay yeah. yeah and the in the in the cartoon that was like he, I used to love the whole card thing. You know, I always wanted to copy like throwing <laughs> cards and stuff like that. So Gambit yeah. was my favorite from the cartoon. Um, I liked Iceman's powers when I played him in video games. <laughs> and I liked Beast's character. So it's tough to narrow down what my favorite would be. But yeah. the X-Men are just cool. I just like, yeah, totally. I just think they're cool. Now, the weird thing is, having, having said that I'm a much more of a Marvel fan, and I grew up on Marvel and never really respected DC that much, the weird thing is my three favorite stories of all time are all DC. Mm. Um, the Watchmen. Yeah. The Dark Knight Returns from the mid-80s that just reinvented Batman. Mm-hmm. And then Kingdom Come. Those are like my three favorite Which one's Kingdom story Come? Storylines. Kingdom Come is set in the near future where all the superheroes have now had children. Okay. And a large percentage of the Earth's population has superpowers. They're like, everyone's a superhero. Mm. And so since everyone's a superhero, they kind of like, they're kind of jerks. Like they don't respect having the power or responsibility and stuff like that. So they kind of like just start effing off and doing stuff. And so the old school superheroes have to come in back in and be like, Hey dude, you guys got to chill out, mm. but it's really well done. It's really, it's really good. It's Alex Ross art, which Alex Ross is a fantastic artist. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the watchman is fucking crazy. And, <laughs> yeah that's true that it's like yeah it's so well done and it is a dc but not necessarily like i I don't know how associated is it with the like the rest of the dc canon it was definitely like a standalone story i know now dr right it was an offshoot yeah yeah dr manhattan joined the main dc story is he in the dc universe yeah i didn't know that that's crazy but that's because he can like exist in all times basically right that's cool (laughs) yeah the uh the Watchmen came out because Alan Moore wanted to use all these old 1930s or 40s serial characters, mm-hmm. like The Question and stuff like that, but he couldn't get the rights to them, so he just made up copies of all of them. Like gotcha. Rorschach was based on The Question, and mm-hmm. I forget all the other ones, but yeah, it was just, it was a great story, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm not going to give full credit to DC for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Alan Moore. All right, we'll go on to the next one then. Uh, yeah, and I included in my notes here to give a shout-out to the X-Men because I do love the X-Men. So um, <laughs> the next question we're going to do is, what is the greatest song associated with a movie? Or, like, well, basically, like, song usage in a movie, like a scene or a, a, a movie that just is interlinked with a movie really well. And what do you think is the greatest of that? That was a really tough question. And I actually, <laughs> I Googled best use of song in movie just to like see. Yeah. Kind of get the wheels turning a little bit. And everyone's like the top five, top 10. I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. Oh yeah, that's really good. Oh yeah. But now because I've seen that and it's popular, I'm like, well, I can't pick that as my answer because that's <laughs> like a lot of, a lot of lists had um, the Royal Tenenbaums uh, needle in the hay when Luke Wilson 
tries to commit suicide. Mm, and that's a yeah. really powerful moment with a really good song. Or a lot of lists also had the end of Fight Club when the Pixies come in with Where Is My Mind. That's a great one. Really good use for the scene. So I'm like, those are good. I can't use those now because someone has already listed them. So I came up with a couple. Okay. Uh, have you seen a movie called The Gray with Liam Neeson? Uh-uh. Okay. It's a fantastic movie. It's There's these workers out in the Arctic. I forget if it's like an oil mine or something, but there's workers just out in the Arctic. And Liam Neeson to protect them from wolves because there's wolves everywhere so his job is just like if he sees wolves out on the perimeter he fucking shoots them and so the season is over and all these guys back home and the plane crashes in the middle of nowhere like in the frozen tundra most of them die there's a handful of them left and they don't know where to go so they're just like trying to survive the tundra as this pack of wolves hunts them down and picks them off Mm. and it's just such a gripping story it's like i've talked to friends of mine were like you could if you're at home in the middle of summer and your AC is broken, it's like a hundred degrees in your house. If you put this movie on, it will chill you to the bone. Like it just <laughs> makes you cold. Just watching this movie. Like, Ooh, Oh my God. Yeah. So there's a scene at the end when all of his friends have been killed by the wolves. It's just down to him. And he stumbles into this area in the Arctic by these trees, realizes he's in the wolf's den. Oh, shit. And so the wolf comes in this giant wolf. So he's got a knife and a few bottles of airplane booze. So he breaks the bottles on a rock and he tapes them to his hand and he tapes the knife to his hand. And as he's doing this, there's this piano song playing. It's called Into the Fray. And it's just like this somber, melancholy, like this hollow piano music that just really grabs you and sets the tone for what's happening. It's just, it's super emotional and super well done. Damn. So yeah, that's fantastic. Is that like a well-known song outside of this movie? I don't think so. Okay. I think they made it for the movie. So because of that... I picked another one. <laughs> okay, Going back to comic one? books. Okay. Um, probably the best comic book movie ever made, Avengers Endgame. Okay. You're familiar with that one, yeah? I'm very familiar with it. Okay. So the opening scene, the snap has happened. Hawkeye's with his family. He doesn't know. His family yeah. disappears. He's looking. He's screaming for his family. They're gone. Cut to credits. Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic. Oh yes, yes. When he's oh in the air, when he's God. in the spaceship, right? That that song cuts in, and you're yeah. just like, you're just feeling what's going. This is the culmination of 22 movies of storyline mm-hmm. bringing to this final moment. Hawkeye's just lost his family. It sets you in the universe of what's happening, and this song comes in that's just just fits so well, and it's yeah. so perfect. Now I can't hear that song without thinking of that moment in the movie. Okay. Okay, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And the lyrics really match up with the Tony being like lost in space and all that. And yeah, I, I that's a good choice. Yeah, thank you. Okay, um, yeah. So I I did the same thing as you. I I did some research for you know movies associated with movies. And it's really t- it's a tough one because there's music and and movie scenes just go together so well. Sometimes they, you know there's yeah. the famous famous ones. You know like the end of Dirty Dancing. You know, I right. had the time of my life and everybody knows that part where, you know, you lift the girl up into the air and that, that song <laughs> and that moment are associated with each other, like intertwined so perfectly. Um, one of my f- personal favorites is the scene in Almost Famous where Tiny Dancer starts playing in the bus. Have you seen that movie? Great movie. Yeah. It's when, when they're all fighting with each other and Tiny Dancer starts playing and then they all start singing it together. I That's all I think about when I listen to that, <laughs> listen to that song yeah. now. Um, I think... The use of Freebird from Kingsman is amazing. Ooh, 
Okay, you know what? If you're going to bring Kingsman into this, yeah. Uh, the sequel, which I thought was not nearly as good as the first one. Right. But that scene when um, uh, Merlin, when they're trying to sneak in and Merlin steps on a mine and he's oh, like, you guys got to go. Right. So he's gonna take the foot off this. And uh, he starts singing. Um, I can't remember home. the song right now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Country Roads. Yeah. And he's just singing that as the soldiers move in on him. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a good one too. Um, but for my pick... This is a tough one, but I think I have to go opening, not opening technically, Guardians of the Galaxy. That uh, I almost picked Come Guardians because that was really good. Yes, that, that was so good. That that was song came out like a long time ago. I don't think anybody that I've ever known knew what that song was, but then Guardians of the Galaxy right. popularized it so much. People fucking love that song now. Yes. And it's, that's when you know a scene is really good when mm-hmm. it makes everybody want to find out what that song is. Right. Yeah. Cause something like Freebird, everybody knew what Freebird was already. That's like a meme right. <laughs> to say Freebird yeah. at a live show. <laughs> Nobody yeah. knew that song from Guardians of the Galaxy. And now everybody knows it and they associate it right. with that opening scene from Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, that was where he's dancing along and singing into the monsters, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like grabbing okay, those like, alien rats or whatever. That, that entire. MCU, that 22 movie stretch was so well done. I loved in Endgame when they time traveled, Nebula <laughs> and War Machine, and go to see him on the planet. And you see it from their perspective where he's, it, when you see the movie, the song <laughs> is there and it looks like he's singing. When you go to Endgame, they're watching him. There's no music. Right. Because he's it's, a, it's headphones headphones. On. So they're just watching this idiot <laughs> dance along. And it's just so funny to see, compare and contrast those yeah. two. Yeah. And how less cool it is when yeah. you just watch yeah. it from the outside. <laughs> Yeah, great pick. Yeah, thank you. All right, um, next one. This is now we're gonna go a little we- weird and obscure here. Okay, so okay. this one is gonna be what is the greatest chip? The greatest <laughs> chip. Okay. You can go potato, tortilla, any type of chip, as long as it's in the form of a chip, it works. Now, <laughs> I thought that's what you're going for, but my initial response when I saw the question, my initial response was chocolate. Of course, oh. chocolate chip is the best chip. <laughs> But then I'm like, that's probably not what he means. I mean, that's a good uh, uh, loophole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I was like, okay, we we can get weird with this, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm tempted to say the the best chip is Nicholson. What's that? (laughs) I don't think enough people know who Chip Nicholson is. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that's a good one. (laughs) Thank you. I knew you would appreciate that. Um, but I went, I, I did think of like different styles and I immediately was like, okay, potato chip is the best chip. And then I went a little deeper. I'm like, it's gotta be ruffles. Ruffles potato chip is the best chip. Just in general, not a specific flavor. No, no. Once you get into flavors, you're not interested in the chip anymore. Fuck off with your flavors. <laughs> you want a potato chip or you want something that tastes like a different food? Have that other food. That's no. significant. <laughs> I'm a purist with potato chips. I'm potato sorry. chips. So just pure ruffles then. <laughs> Yes, the blue bag, the ruffles, because other chips are good. Like Lay's is good, um, and then back in Detroit, there's a, a style you only get back there called Better Made. Um, they're good, but like Ruffles is like thick and crunchy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ruffles. Mm, That's okay. it. That's the best chip. What do you All got? Right. I I was I have a I want to do honorable mention to Cool Ranch Doritos. I feel like that's just like a, you know, you're talking about just like, oh, any, you know, you want the food to taste. I don't think anything tastes like Cool Ranch Doritos. I think no, it's just a unique flavor onto its own. Yes, and so I correct. feel like they, they deserve a little acknowledgement for that. <laughs> but 
For me, I've got to go sour cream and onion Pringles. Oh. <laughs> Pringles is like Pringles is like the weird offshoot of potato chips. Like it's good, but then it's like, look how processed it is and how, <laughs> how strange. It's just it's so unnatural. I don't get me wrong. I love Pringles. I will eat an entire can by myself. Yeah, but it's just such a bastardized chip. It is, but you know that's what makes it so unique and cool. Is like it's got the you know it's got the circular container. It's yeah, got the weird that you shape. Have to struggle for those last few chips. <laughs> it's so worth it though. Yeah, you appreciate it more. Yeah, I mean, I, I I rarely stray away from the sour cream and onion because it's my go-to Pringles. But Pringles are a great chip, I think. And yeah, they're weird. They're fun. You, you, everybody likes to pretend to be a duck when they eat them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel and like you know, those... the. Uh, you know the Mitch Hedberg joke, right? No. Classic. You know, well, you know Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, yeah, of course. Great comic. Fantastic one-liners. Uh, he had a joke a long time ago. Um, I think Pringles started out as a tennis ball company, and one day a truckload of potatoes showed up, and they were like, fuck it, cut them up. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I wanted to be specific, but I think I think Pringles, you know, they got a lot going for them. Yeah, I mean that's okay. It's yeah, they're they're a weird offshoot of chip, but they're good. They're very good. Now you mentioned Doritos. I used to eat Doritos a lot, but you know, like the old cliche when like a kid is caught smoking and the dad's like, "Yeah, you got to smoke this carton of cigarettes," right. and you never like cigarettes again. I think. I did that to myself with Doritos. Like I ate them so much <laughs> when I was younger. I can't stand Doritos anymore. Interesting. Oh, I used to love them. But now like, Ugh. Yeah. That's so unfortunate. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, as, as far as like uh, Ruffles go, the they have a sour cream and onion and cheddar. I think that's really great, and that would probably be a top choice for me as well. <laughs> All right. So. While we're on the topic of things that you put into your body, let's go with what is the greatest alcoholic drink? Oof, all right. You could have gone a weird direction with that. I'm glad we went with drinks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Greatest alcoholic drink. Well, again, there's a few different ways you can approach this. <laughs> I think if you want the best bang for your buck, you can't really top a Long Island iced tea. That's a good it's one. It's got so much booze in it. It's so strong, but the mixer masks the flavor, so mm -hmm. you can just sip them like water. Right. Like, in fact, when I was 22, when I was first getting into drinking out in public at bars with friends of mine, there was a bar near our house that had dollar Long Islands. Holy shit. I don't think I need to explain to you how dangerous that is. Yeah, that sounds – that should be illegal. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> now, if you're on vacation, like – and, and when I say vacation, I always think like tropical, like right. that's my go-to mental vacation. Mm -hmm. So you can go snowboarding, you do shit like that. For me, vacation, tropical, margarita, man, margaritas on vacation are so good. I love a vacation margarita. Yeah. But if I'm going just all around best alcoholic drink, I'm a whiskey guy and I'm not fancy either. Like you can have like aged whiskey and different brand. I'm like, I don't care. Give me the plastic jug on the bottom shelf. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Whiskey with ginger ale. That's my drink. Whiskey <laughs> ginger. That's your favorite. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, so um, the, I drank whiskey ginger at Madhouse all the time. And when I drank, like you've been to the bar, it's, it's usually a rocks glass, like a short glass, mm -hmm. booze and mixer. And I want my drink to last longer. So I don't have to fill it as much. So I would drink it in a tall glass. So I'd have a tall glass with whiskey, ginger ale, and just a dash of bitters. And so one of the other bartenders finally just came up with a name for that. 
and we call it Irish water. Mm. So I can just go into Irish water and any of the bartenders working, like, Hey, give me an Irish water. And they'll be like, here you go. <laughs> nice. So it's associated yeah. with you then. Yes. <laughs> but that's my drink. Yeah. So for all these categories, you can obviously, there's all these different things that you can use to classify why you think this particular thing is. And I like where you're going with this. Like there's, you know, <laughs> a, what, what kind of drink do you want to have at a bar? You know, I think something like that, like you said, a Long Island, I've gotten so fucked up all those in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, an Irish car bomb is very similar to that. I fucking, yeah. You know, because they, they usually have them cheap on St. Patrick's Day. So that's a fun thing to have <laughs> on that particular time of the year. Um, Which, by the way, that's terrible uh, to name a drink that. And I know. especially it's to so... make it cheaper on St. Patrick's Day. That's like <laughs> if, if over there they had a drink called the Twin Towers or something. Like, hey, you want a 9-11? There you go. <laughs> I would have one of those <laughs> if I was visiting. Of course you would. You'd have to. Uh, so, yeah, for sure that's a uh, yeah, terrible name, but delicious drink. Uh, huh? um, I think one of the best tasting drinks I ever had at, at a coin-up, they have this thing called Kirby's Dreamland. And I don't know exactly what they put in it, but it's a little pink shot. And it's like one of the best tasting drinks I've ever okay, had. Okay, first of all, Coin Op, in case anyone listening doesn't know, that's a bar that has arcade games. Yes. Which is one of the best concepts anyone ever came up with. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love that stuff. Now, when you say Kirby's, what is it? Dreamland. Kirby's Dreamland. That's got to be a Mario reference, right? Well, Kirby reference, because it's Kirby. Isn't Kirby from the Mario universe? No, he had his own video game. Oh, I thought Kirby was a okay. Anyways, but yeah, it's it's the ghost, the pink ghost, Kirby. Yeah. Okay. I always thought he was involved in the Mario universe for some reason. Uh, maybe because of Smash Brothers. Could be. Yeah. yeah. But that's I, that's cool because it's like, it's a fun drink when they can make a drink that has like a color that's not normal. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, and then you name it after like a game in an arcade. That's pretty dope. I like that. Yeah. So they they have a lot going for that one, but um, I think one of the oh, man, this is the thing. I, I, I like to differentiate between what I think my favorite is and what I think the greatest is. So for greatest <laughs> alcoholic drink, I think I'm going to go with champagne. Okay, that's interesting call. See, <laughs> I immediately was thinking mixed drink. Yeah. And you come here with champagne. That is a fantastic alcoholic drink. That is a great drink for a lot of reasons because mm -hmm. it's good. That's right. the first reason. Yes. Uh, secondly, you associate it with amazing events. Right. Like when, if you're having champagne – something cool is happening right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. So that's part of the thing. That's right. part of the appeal is like, man, there's something else. There's the drink, but there's also all this around me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You associate it with celebration. You know, yeah. it's fun to like pop that bottle open and Oh yeah. Like it's it's iconic to see like a bottle of champagne being sprayed on somebody when they're just like <laughs> when they win the thing. And right. uh what what's the uh and mimosas mimosas are delicious oh mimosas are great <laughs> they're yeah. it's a great it's a great um morning time drink it's a great you know and when i i don't know how true it is that different alcohols affect you differently but i feel like when i'm drinking champagne i feel very like light and happy like i'm just ready to yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah like no, nothing see, not get anything too crazy i just feel kind of like a little yeah. bit bubbly yeah. just, just a little puts you in that zone yeah, yeah. and see the other cool thing about mimosas, like I mentioned, um, a margarita is a great vacation drink. Mm -hmm. A mimosa is like the flip side of that. It makes you feel like you're on vacation. Yeah. Like you start drinking mimosas and it just puts you, like you said, in that great headspace where you're like, ah, this is awesome. Yeah, because you're day drinking, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. 
Yeah, like if especially if you're gonna do something like if you're gonna if somebody's gonna take you out for like breakfast for your birthday or something like that, you bust out the mimosas. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Well, that's pretty much all the questions that I have uh, for you. Now, did you give me your favorite drink? Oh, my favorite. Well, I said the best tasting that I had, I think, is the Kirby's Dreamland. My favorite thing okay. to drink um, is like a hard cider, like a Golden State. Not like a really? Angry Orchard or anything like that. Those are kind of okay, gross and sugary. But like a Golden State is pretty good. It's very similar. Like if you get the Brute one, it almost tastes like champagne. Interesting. Yeah, so they're pretty strong. They're about like 6%. So you can have like two or three of those and just be feeling okay and not <laughs> be getting too fucked up or anything like that. It's just like a good... Uh, especially like on a on a summer when it's hot and you got one of those like crisp apple ciders, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That's and lately, good. I've been doing a lot of the seltzers. The seltzers are popular and they're hyped, but I think <laughs> properly hyped, they're pretty great. <laughs> is White Claw as good as everyone pretends it is? I I gotta give credit to White Claw. I usually drink Trulies, but yeah, I think the when you know they had a lot of hype. Yeah, I think deservedly so. <laughs> They're pretty right, good. Excellent. <laughs> they're pretty good, and they they're uh, they got like um they're just they don't have a lot of stuff in them, so you're not gonna feel super gross and stuff the next day. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, sometimes you're gonna it's just inevitable. You just have to accept it. Like sometimes you know you're gonna get fucked up on a sugary drink, and you just accept your fate for the next day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode, guys. I appreciate everybody for listening. Dave Callens, before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, check out, if you're into like nerdy stuff, I do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast with a few other comedians in town. I did not know that. It's called Awful Neutral. Yeah. Heck yeah. Look up Awful Neutral on Podbean or iTunes or whatever. It's our D&D podcast. We've been going about a year now. We're we all have characters, and we just play through a campaign, and it's pretty fun. We have a good time with it. That's pretty cool. I've been trying to learn how to play Dungeons & Dragons, so I might <laughs> message you for some tips later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening, and Dave, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good talking to you. Good to talk to you, too, man. I'll see you later. <laughs>